Hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. And this is uh, the first time I've ever recorded with Ben Sunday and Megan Sunday together. Hello! Hey, Bouncing Ben Sunday, here for you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, we, there might have been a recording before that didn't uh, turn out well uh, afterwards. So um, this is a redo. I asked them, uh, no Joel this time, but he, he'll be back uh, soon. Uh, yeah, so I asked uh, Megan and Ben, like, do you want to do a redo episode? They agreed. And I'll have Megan introduce what the movie is because uh, it was her pick. So the movie is 2002's He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. I'm not going to try to say it in French. Uh, it stars Audrey Tito and Samuel Libehain, who we might all recall from Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. Uh, and <coughs> it is ostensibly like a romantic comedy, but is it? Dun dun dun. I was laughing. <laughs> In terror. <laughs> Man, it feels like, well, oh, yeah, Ben, you're here too, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> We're like Babs and Buster Bunny, though. No relation. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, uh, as of this week, I'm going to put up the um, uh, face of another. No, eyes without a face. Mm-hmm. Other, that's a different face movie. I said episode, and you threatened to take my face and my identity. Yeah, I and, did. I did. Perhaps I have. And uh, you, you also threatened to take Megan's face and identity. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I already know the last name, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't have to change my uh, monogram slippers. <laughs> I, I did, it's... however, this has nothing to do with the movie, but it is important that I tell this to Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I was at an appointment, and mm-hmm. I heard them talking to another gentleman who was signing in at the same time, and his last name was Monday. Monday. Ugh. Who are these Mondays? Yeah, they're, they're the Hatfield Star and McCoys. Right? Yeah. Monday. Like, I don't know if I buy it. That's 90% of the way to mundane, which means they're boring. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, there's no Monday Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, no, there's no, not. No. It's just there. It's Monday. It's the start of the week. Mm-hmm. You have to go to work yeah. and school again. Yeah. Garfield and, hates uh... it, and so do we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen the theory that Garfield hates it because John goes to work? Don't believe it. I don't think he cares that much about what John does. John doesn't have a job. Yeah, okay. also, does he? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen the old comics where like, John has a male roommate? Mm-hmm. And apparently the people thought he was gay. Mm-hmm. This was the 80s, so they, so they took out the roommate. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I find the concept offensive because I find the idea of anyone being sexually attracted to John offensive. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, he can be gay, but other people should not be gay for him. Okay. No, I agree with that. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. Whatever I mean, his a, orientation, it should not be returned. Right, he's yep. equiv- John is the equivalent of the husband and um, Hellraiser. Mm, yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> Do you think John's worse? <laughs> um, It's hard to beat Larry. No, nobody loves him enough even to cook him. That's true. No, they would just, they wouldn't care. Yeah. They would just break up with them long before. They wouldn't yeah, try I... to maintain any kind of facade. Mm. Possibly. Uh, 
Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, Ben. So you haven't shown up. So I, I don't think you've taken my face yet, unless mm -hmm. you're sneaky and you broke in to the apartment. I don't know. I, I took, I took your face, used it, and then I gave it back. Decided it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes uh, the face you're looking for is the face you've been wearing all along. Uh, that's Aww. the valuable lesson I learned on my journey. Oh, okay. That was the lesson that Arya learned on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. A show I watched for two seasons and I couldn't tell you what happened because I got confused immediately. <laughs> My dad is now into Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Because it's all late. available. So he, like, he's trying to like ask me stuff about it and I have to be like, Dad, I don't... What? I don't remember. <laughs> Like, what happens? Because I stopped watching that show in, like, season three. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, my mom loves it right now. And she tried to talk talk to me about it. And I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> These parents, who told them they could watch TVMA rated HBO? Yeah. Come on. That, that's, that's a woman I saw walk hard with in a theater sitting right next to her. And uh, there are certain parts we used to never talk about. <laughs> God, I would have been 15 when it came out maybe 16 so prime saw... age for like you know like prime age for like you just don't want to discuss anything like that with your parents ever I saw the man in the iron mask with my mom mm -hmm. and as we were in the theater I don't know if you've ever seen the man in the iron mask but um, there is a scene where uh, uh, Porthos played by Jorah de Perdue, uh tries to commit suicide and it's supposed to be comical because he fails and he's mm -hmm. very morose mm -hmm. well he walks across the yard and you see him from the back mm -hmm. and he's he's naked to which my mom in the theater says out loud that's a stunt ass <laughs> and i was probably like 17 at the time and i was like well now i must die cool. i mean to be uh, fair my mom was probably right because i don't think that was George to produce ass but still still you can see his real ass and penis and nine nineteen hundred. Great, thank God. Yeah, you can do a comparison now. You can yeah. really get to the bottom. That's true. Of this. I'll get some screen caps of both. Yeah. Be like, all right, yeah. let's see. Hmm. It was a movie. I was on the fence of maybe we should cover it, but it's like, oh, it's four hours long, <laughs> and I'm in school right now. Yeah. I don't know if I have three time. hours of that are just his ass, right? Well, he cool. and he and De Niro wrestle naked in the bed together. Sexy. This is in the seventies. <laughs> And there's a woman in the middle, and she's like, oh, these stupid men. Mm -hmm. I hate when that happens. Yeah. It's yeah. always so inconvenient. Wait, is it, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get back to the movie eventually. All right, yeah, so... Uh, I <laughs> no one wrestles of... naked in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. For a French movie, it is very uh, clothed. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting some surprise nudity, because it's, it's Europe, and it's a little more uh okay over there mm -hmm. but uh yeah so there's a never... naked guy in the art scene but you don't see anything right right because she only has eyes for her cardiologist <laughs> most people in that situation would be zeroing in on that french wing that french horn as they call it right <laughs> i'm sure they do yeah yeah so uh i'd never heard of this and i saw uh uh, Audrey uh, Tattoo. And I was like, well, I like her because she's in, uh, I think, the last two or three Michelle Gondry movies mm -hmm. in very different roles. 
uh, can say the Da Vinci Code. Uh, I guess she's in that. <laughs> yeah, she is. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's in um, Gasoline and Microbe. She's a su- suicidal mom, and that's a really sad story. And uh, and then she's in uh the other one that's a rom the other one that's a romance that's very depressing, where she's dying the whole time, and her lover can't save her, and she dies. It's a really good movie, but I can't watch it because it makes me very sad. Mm. But yeah, so uh, this was a this a pleasant surprise. I think I love it. I I really like it. I think I love it. Um, I'm sorry, J Dog. Uh, B Dog. Uh, uh, well, what do you think of this? Yeah, I was into it. I've uh seen it before, so I did know the twist going in, but still, I enjoyed the ride. Enjoyed the bubbly, effervescent tone of the beginning, and then the dark comedy of the uh, second half as well. And I'm a mark for Audrey Richateau. You know, I, I don't think that she did anything wrong. I think I could make it work with her. <laughs> so if, if you were in the position of the cardiologist, you would have been like, yeah. no, no, let's see if we can make this work. Yeah, I'd be like, get away from me, wife. I have a 20-year-old art student who's super into me, and I don't need to question that anymore. That, uh, <laughs> like that, That's just totally on the up and up. I think this is going to end well, so let's make it work, you delightful little pixie. Yeah, there's no way it would possibly ever go wrong. You wouldn't oh, be late from work not. one night or right, right. forget what you want mm-hmm. for dinner, and then yeah, yeah. stab you. <laughs> yeah the whole time because i hadn't really seen her in anything in a while i kept thinking she, uh patty harrison looks like her oh yeah 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 i, I would say it. so and there's this other actress i cannot remember her name mm-hmm. she's an episode of Marin. uh like the first season playing like a young girlfriend or something or something mm-hmm. uh i wonder her name is nora something i just can't can't remember what it is but she's did like indie-ish stuff in like mid 2000s oh i know i know who you mean she was on heroes yeah, yeah i just can't remember her name i it's it nora is right but i can't think of her last name but i can i picked is I can it picture. the female lead of brick i uh, wait i think yes. she is in brick yes it is the one who's yeah, always yeah. nora's the... a hitner yes yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah there's a resemblance there i would say so I, I, I would also like... say that Audrey Tateau has more of a cherubic yeah. aura. I do yeah, she... think that Patty Harrison would send you a human heart with an arrow through it, though. Mm-hmm. If oh, yeah. Wronged, if you wronged her. I would gladly accept it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, Thank I you, was... May I have another? <laughs> I suspect uh, I'm not her type. <laughs> uh, this, this movie feels like if Ruthie was in a rom-com. Ruthie from um Shrill, her uh she's she's oh, a really awkward. Yeah, um, no, I love Ru- Ruthie from Shrill <laughs> for sure. Uh, I mean, I always feel very bad in this movie for the woman whose house she's house sitting. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> who didn't ask for any of this? She just wanted uh, her little her friend to come and water her plants and keep yeah. an eye on the house. And I, w- I would have liked the post credit scene where she comes home and is like, "Oh no, my metaphorical plant is ruined." <laughs> You do see her come home, but like you, you, she doesn't get to say anything. She just gets mm-hmm. to look horrified. Chakra bleu. Yeah. 
Something French. Uh-huh. She's like, you killed my metaphorical plant. You ripped yeah. up my wedding dress. You made really weird art mm-hmm. in my bedroom. No thanks. Yep. Say la vie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the like the like so much of this initially, or before the twist and everything, I was just thinking like. So is this like some like Wes Anderson, like sweet low romance thing? And then I saw she's an art student. It's like, of course she's an art student. Yeah. And it's like so much. And then just the twist. I did not expect it at all. I I, mm. I, I knew the title. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I guess I guess he doesn't love her. And then then the switch happens. Like, oh wait, this is like Omelie but dark. I've always especially liked it because of the twist being that it's not just that because you, you, you can kind of see this sort of twist in a movie where it would just turn out that he's just like a piece of shit who's mm. using her and then the twist is that he actually doesn't have any idea who she is and she's built all of this up in her head I just that's what I really love about it when you just think back to everything she talked about in the first half of the movie where she's you know relaying conversations and oh we're going to florence together and all these things where it's like that none of that happened like oh ma'am yeah it's really deceptive there's uh there's uh agnes varda movie from the mid-60s i won't say the name of it uh because i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it but uh if you listen to their show you know what i'm talking about that is very similar where it's it's very deceptive you think it's one thing then movie ends and you realize it was much darker and not what you expected it to not not what it appears to be Mm -hmm. where this is more upfront the varda movie is a little more subtle like it looks pretty and nice and then it ends and you're like oh this was a horror movie (laughs) yeah it's just I love it so much. I love, I especially love it, I think, because for a French movie, I like that for the most part, at least the people around Angelique are just sort of regular people. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes the French movies that we get over here, everyone's wealthy or everyone, it's, you know, a drama about the class struggle or it's, you know, it's just very like stylized. Mm-hmm. Where I felt like Angelique and her friends were just kind of people. I mean, yeah, she's an art student, but I mean, I've, no art students so it's not like they don't exist yeah her pal Heloise is just a hot single mom yeah Yeah, take care of her sister and hook her up with dudes yeah yeah that was her sister i thought it was her daughter it's her sister because she mentions a few times that their mom is like some something's up with their mom which is why she's trying to get she's trying to get custody of her sister which is why i thought she was a milk why Angelique threatens her by saying, like, oh. I'll tell the cops that you steal money and then you won't mm. get custody and your sister will go mm. to foster care. Thought okay. she was a milk, but turns out she's a silk. Yeah, exactly. Sister, yeah. <laughs> I also like that all the different dudes are, like, not touched on because I feel like in a lot of movies that would be a plot point about, like, oh, Eloise, she's just the slut. And in there, everyone's mm. just kind of like, well, Eloise is another man over. Cool. Anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, I need yeah, to borrow was... your moped and hit a woman with it. <laughs> yeah, that it, that took me a while to realize. Mm-hmm. 
it was until like the scene afterward. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. Uh, like when with the reveal, like wait, wait, that's what the moped was for. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's an interesting choice to not depict any of that violence in the big reveal segment when I feel like that would typically be shown in order mm-hmm. to make it even more explosive and visceral and to deepen the contrast between the two halves of the film. Yeah. 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 And uh, like a, a big like a big thing that to me feels that I felt was like you can tell this was directed by a woman because like the women are very fleshed out and it, it just feels like there's extra nuance mm-hmm. to the two mm-hmm. women in the movie. And just like how like Megan mentioned, like her friend like always has guys over and it's just and it's just treated very casually where I feel like uh I don't know, I feel like it's like a woman would be like, Yeah, that's just a thing that happens for for some people. And it's just in where like um there'd be possibly judgment if like from a male perspective. Mm-hmm. Or I think especially in an American movie, there'd be a lot of jokes about it. It'd be so funny, like, oh, that's my friend. Like, cause there's always, you know, especially in a lot of 90s movies, there was always the, like, quirky, slutty friend. Because, you know, of course, the heroine wouldn't engage in that kind of behavior. But it's not, in this movie, it's not Angelique's style. Because as we learned, <laughs> she gets very focused on one person. Uh, but she doesn't care that it's, it's Eloise's style. And she's got that curly-haired dude who's after her anyway and she doesn't care yeah that guy yeah uh cl- I put ba- bad clone of uh, ben schwartz <laughs> that guy is a simp oh yeah i, don't, I was gonna bring that up <laughs> is he a simp? like wow yes he is like he's just the fact that there's so many scenes in this movie where she's like yeah i don't care about you but can i use you to do something about this guy I'm into. And he totally gets it. It's not like she's being super manipulative. And he just goes, okay. Maybe someday you'll, you know, look at me. Maybe someday those dimples will be mine. Yeah, like, I'll come over and bandage up your arm and I'll give you a human heart that I steal from the lab. Yeah, that was... No, not, not not to be too personal, but that was me with someone in high school for uh, like a year. Yeah, I mean it's tough. I think everyone's been there, but yeah. just to see it happening, and there are so many moments where he's so clearly just like, "Hey, I'm in love with you," and she's like, mm-hmm. "So I had this conversation with Locke last night," and he's like, "Oh." I also enjoy how casual everyone is about the fact that she's ostensibly having an affair with a married man (laughs) everyone's just like oh he's married huh that's not great anyway (laughs) yeah that felt like either just like uh like either just like uh 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 like a dry joke or just Mm -hmm. like a or just like a cat like that's a cultural thing i'm like yeah uh, people fuck around it's just just what people do i just thought hey it's france man France. Yeah. They're okay with that. 
Yeah, it was just that. And there's that one really weird offhand mention where Luke's friend is like, hey, remember when you cheated on your fiance before you got married? Ha <laughs> ha, hilarious. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, a big thing I was thinking uh, with a big reveal at the end was like, oh, this is like a De Palma rom-com. Mm-hmm. Like, it uh if if he decided to like make a rom-com like in his uh crazy like trucked up era of the 70s 80s like this is what he would come up with something like this probably yeah um i just i love how quirky it is in the beginning Mm. and then when you see that quirk from the other side how alarming it is like because when you see everything from angelique's point of view all of her little cards and her gifts and everything are just so adorable and you know oh i'm gonna give this gift to my boyfriend and i'm gonna do this and when you see it from his perspective it's like he's getting these notes that are very intense he doesn't know who they're coming from and like one day he comes to work and there's just a painting of him and you can't one thing that I also really liked what you were saying about the female characters being fleshed out is that when his wife does leave him briefly, she's really justified because he just keeps getting these love notes that she's finding in a drawer and he can't explain it. And I, you know, I'd probably be like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. they're just coming out of the sky and this painting with a love note on the back of it. Like I'm going to go, like I'm going to go sleep somewhere else for a while. The, uh, yeah, I, I still, yeah, it's like that. Like the wife was fleshed out at all in the second half. Mm-hmm. You know, with the real, I, I wasn't expecting it. I, cause like the, cause again, I was, just, I was just so just as like, okay, so it's just will it just be him? It's like, oh, I, you actually see her as a person, not that much, but like enough where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like she is like, she at least still love each other and. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like the magic trick this movie pulled off of, you know, like showing, like it feels like a, re- a realistic version of showing like this is like a whimsical, uh, like twee movie, but but like from his perspective, it's a like realistic side of like no, this is just weird and annoying. Yeah, and I also have always liked how the stuff that we do see in the first half that leads us to believe that they are in a relationship we then see from his perspective and it all makes sense. Like the scene of them in the bathroom where they just, she followed him. Like it was just a coincidence that they were both in the bathroom at the same time. He gives her a ride home because she says, Oh, I'm staying at your neighbor's. So it's not just that he was like, oh, I'm giving you a ride home. Cause we're you know, having this affair. And like the night that she stays at her friend's house and you see him knocking at the door, it's cause his wife wants milk. And these are all scenes that in the first half lead you to believe like, oh, it kind of looks like this is the thing that's happening. Like, why would he be docking at the house she's staying at unless he knows her and he's like, you know, coming to look for her? It's like, oh, because they're next door neighbors. And then when you just learn little things like how they've never even had a conversation, (laughs) he just gave her a flower one day because he was feeling nice. Yeah. She was like, well, now we're in love. I'm gonna make we'll a work weird collage on of you. The charming Frenchman. 
I have. Make a collage of someone you love? No. I make well. collages, but not. They're all very pretentious. They're not meaningful art, like <clears throat> Angelique's. I've never made one out of pills. Yeah, I was surprised a janitor, a custodian or whatever, wasn't like, this is a weird thing. He the- sees this shit all the time. You've seen <laughs> one pill collage, you've seen them all. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like if you're a janitor in a mental institution, you've probably seen some stuff. Mm. But on the other hand, I feel like it's probably part of your job to let someone know when you see some stuff. Yeah, he just continues like, just another day at the office. It was 4.50pm. If he reported that, he would have been there all night. It was a Friday afternoon. Yeah. last thing. It's five o'clock somewhere. He was not concerned. <laughs> yeah, he was hungry to go home and have his baguette and entire bottle of wine. He had to stop at the market and buy a single baguette. A single baguette. <laughs> a wheel of yeah. cheese and a bottle of wine. Pack of cigarettes. Of course. Yeah. That's um, how they stay so healthy. Also, I don't, I don't know if I approve much of their uh, nursing over there. If you know, you can just not take pills for five years, and no one's ever watching you <coughs> take your pills. She probably is, like stuck under her tongue or something. Still, though, I mean, I've never. When I've been in the hospital and had to take pills, there was always someone who was just like, "And you're swallowing these pills." And these were just like antibiotics. <laughs> And they were just like, and we're swallowing the pills. There they go. Much less. These are the pills we're giving you so you don't hit someone over the head of the statue again. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Ben, what do you like about this movie? What do I like? Um, yeah. Feels like, and I don't know if this was the intent or not, but it does feel like a sort of deconstruction of the... Audrey Tato persona that uh, existed in the United States post Amelie. This like idea of taking the manic pixie dream girl, as Nathan Raven would call it, and then present it from a different angle, one that reveals the uh, sort of disturbing elements of it, the uh, strange imagination and sort of threatening fixations of that sort of personality and how disturbing it would be to encounter that in real life. You know, not unlike uh, something like Punch Drunk Love, which took Adam Sandler's uh, wildly aggressive man-child persona and uh, looked at it from a different angle and one that like exposed some of its depths and also like a little bit of its uh, threatening side as well. And I like that it's not... I mean, we we were saying, you know, like that she's quirky and mm-hmm. things like that, but it, it's never overdone even in her segment of the story like she's a little overly romantic but other than that she seems like a perfectly sweet like friendly mm-hmm. person who just you know loves loves flowers and hearts and valentine's day and she there's nothing loves wrong love with that. yeah she loves love and i do think that other takes on the story would have her be so aggressively i'm thinking what was that that Sandra Bullock movie? All about Steve? Uh yes. Where she's obsessed with Bradley Cooper, but she's like so aggressively quirky. 
that, you know, the whole storyline is that she has no friends or romantic relationships because no one can possibly like her because she's too much. And, well, I think that that's also unfair to do to someone, obviously. I do like that in this, they just, it's why it's so surprising when it takes that twist because you're like, wow. I was getting a little worried when you let all the plants die and the heart thing. But maybe you were just depressed, but now I don't know what's happening over there, Angelique. And even after the reveal takes place, the character's demeanor doesn't change. He remains sort of like bubbly, mm-hmm. effervescent, and charming, which is a compelling choice from my point of view. Because it would have been very easy to, in that second segment, from the cardiologist's perspective, show her in a different light and show yeah. that she isn't nearly as cute and charming as she thinks she is. No, she's always cute and charming. She's Audrey Tateau, even when she's a psycho. But it's just, that's, you know, the great thing about the twist initially is that, yeah, she's still cute and charming. It's just that he has no idea who she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the moment, like when, like when she's stalking him and like the standing outside like the, the fence and stuff, like it, it looks like Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, you could put the Halloween music over it, and it would still be effective. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, those parts, like, she's she's very good at staring. Like, that is an intense, that's a good stare. Yep, those big doe eyes see everything. And they, she will not, she will not look away. She will watch you through that window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she at should have been. cardiologist slash massage therapy office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she should have been Michael Myers in the new trilogy. <laughs> That'd be scary. Michelle Myers. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an actress from the 60s. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. she's in a bunch of, of movies. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. I like all of the... I like that all of the side characters also have a very believable level of weirdness so that in the second half when Loak is trying to figure out who these notes could be coming from, there are other reasonable suspects initially, because obviously because he doesn't know who Angelique is, so he wouldn't suspect her. I do think when he does suspect her, it kind of comes out of nowhere. I feel like they felt like he had to get suspicious. But he's yeah, got the secretary who's not great. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that this medical student is her boyfriend. So he has reason to believe that maybe that was, you know, her. Yeah. He's got that patient who's obsessed with him. Constantly trying to show her him her boobs. You know, and get, you know, examined, which yeah. I wasn't aware that involved being felt up, but apparently she thinks it does. Yeah, well, she knew she was in a French movie, so. Yeah, she was like, I'm taking, him, I'm taking him out. If Are Audrey Tato isn't going to show him, then I will. <laughs> I like that there's... No, I also appreciate that that woman owned apparently a charm bracelet that had a charm with her own last name on it. Oh yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just a thing. Like, I don't. I, it was just when they're finding the evidence that it was Angelique who who robbed her house and attacked her, and they find that charm bracelet. It's just like, oh, how convenient. Yeah, there. I think it's uh, Drag UK or Drag Canada. There is one of the queens had earrings that is her drag name in her professional. I mean, Carrie on Sex and the City always wore that Carrie necklace. I just, mm. I don't own anything that has my own last name on it. Maybe I should. I have uh, monogrammed uh, uh, 
apron that my grandma knit me. Aww. Knit. That's adorable. Yeah. It's one of the last gifts she gave me, actually. Aww. Yeah. It's still somewhere. I don't use it because I don't want to have to wash it and potentially mm-hmm. ruin it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I do have socks that say Sunday Fun Day, but I mean, they that wasn't like they didn't make them for me. Hmm. I just took advantage of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 switch to the doctor's point of view when you get to that part, like I kind of like stopped taking notes eventually. Because <laughs> like I was just enjoying the movie, the movie so much, and being like, "Well, where is this gonna go?" And I kind of forgot to take notes. <laughs> but like his perspective, that it, that feels like a French New Wave movie. But like the inverse, where a standard plot of French New Wave stuff is, this guy kind of really sucks, and he's married, and he's married, and wants to have an affair, or he is having an affair, and like this is like the inverse of like he actually isn't doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's <laughs> Like it's just he's caught in a bad situation. He's just so attractive and lovable. Mm-hmm. He just he's yeah. so strapping. He can't help yeah. it. He got to yeah, see looked... Monica Bellucci's boobs in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he looked Samuel, whatever French. I can say French words, but French last names are just like a level of like I have no clue where to start. But uh, he looks like a. Uh, this is not an insult, but like a more human, um, Chris, Christophe Lambert, C- C- Lambert kind of has like that, uh, like caveman type of look to him a bit. Uh huh. I get, I get where you're going yeah. with this. I mean, he's immortal, so he missed a few steps on the uh, evolutionary journey. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say if you've never seen him in French movies, uh, he's much better speaking French because he doesn't have to try to like speak english speaking english is kind of not not good for him but speaking french is like oh he's supposed to be speaking this language all the whole time not not be lord raiden <laughs> oh my god i forgot about him as lord raiden oh no oh <laughs> uh, what a joy what a joy that movie is yeah. um yeah i just I love this movie. I used to make people watch it all the time when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, did you see it in a theater? Did you rent it? No, I don't remember how I stumbled upon it. I think we used to rent, we used to check out a lot of movies from our library when I was in college, and so we got a lot of foreign films. That was how I discovered Picnic at Hanging Rock, and that's yeah i think i just saw this was like oh this looks interesting and then it was like what hard eyes like this is amazing like why don't people know her for this movie and not amelie i feel like this would be more like this would be more appealing to to people in general because like amelie is like a very very uh you know like tweet i'm gonna tell you tweet i don't mean like bad because mm-hmm. some people mean it as it means bad like i like some tweet stuff but like, it, it's it's very tweed, very like, this is a foreign French film type thing, because mm-hmm. it's very very generic in that kind of way. But this is like transgressive and uh like really fun and has like a and has like it's like a fun twist of like making fun of like like uh like the twee 
like foreign film like aesthetic thing yeah and yeah and i just i find her performance so believable because you really do just start you do start to feel bad for her you know obviously when you start to get to the depths of the terrible things she's done that starts to to melt away but initially when you believe that she's just having an affair with a man who's treating her terribly, you do feel really bad for her. And even as it becomes a little clearer that she's considerably more into him than he is into her, you feel even worse because that's a terrible situation to be in. And, you know, when you start putting things together and that, you know, oh, she made his wife have a miscarriage and she made this other woman have a heart attack. It's just like, oh, well, damn. <laughs> I find back the wrong horse. I yeah, and I find just because this is the kind of scene that I think a lot of people can't do because it gets so overplayed. I find it very believable that scene when she's in the hospital and she tries to run away, and they catch her. Mm -hmm. The orderlies catch her and she's screaming because I think like a lot of actors and actresses like when they're supposed to. I'm playing crazy it gets it's very like overdone whereas mm -hmm. with her it just sort of felt like yeah it's just this is a person freaking out mm -hmm. in this situation you know then you get like it's just, this is not like american horror story asylum <laughs> yeah but it's not yeah. shade on sarah paulson who was perfect in all things there's no like violent contorting of her face or anything yeah. like that it's it's the same character she's just upset exactly yeah yeah. You know, she's not doing like weird sing song or anything. Mm -hmm. She isn't rocking back and forth and singing lullabies to herself or yeah. anything like that. It's like you were never like this before. Why is this started to happen? Because now I'm in a hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's definitely in, in the Shutter more. Island Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember saw that uh, opening weekend. Uh, it's fine from my memory. <laughs> it's fine. It's just. Shutter Island is one of those movies where it's like, oh, we're going to this, you know, mental hospital and everyone, everyone's like dramatically insane. Like everyone's rocking back and forth and singing lullabies or like, you know, whispering things out. It's like no one's just depressed. Yeah. And order like dramatically striking a match in darkness. It's like, okay. Yeah. You gave me all these matches. That doesn't seem safe. Yeah, that's the first Corsese I ever saw, actually. Like you're not even allowed to have shoelaces, and they just gave you matches. Like, okay. Yeah. Very I remember girl I liked attracted. Oh. I, I like uh, Shakira Haley in Shutter Island, and that's kind of the main thing I remember. Mm hmm. I always feel so bad for him because you know his comeback got so waylaid by the fact that he was so good in Little Children. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, it doesn't... I mean, I mean, he he looks like that, so he can't, <laughs> he can't help that's, that. That's unfair, though. It's just... It's like... It's like... What's his name? Dylan Baker from In Happiness. It's like, now oh, you're yeah. just like, oh, oh. Yeah, every time I see him, I'm just like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's not fair. But he's he in, like, showed a, up. You know, he's in the Spider-Man movies, and it's like, oh no! Yeah, isn't he Kurt Connors? Yeah. I, I, 
well, I want one. I want. I want, I want a creepy looking. Like I. I don't mind lizard, but like I don't want like a, a lizard. I think might be touching kids. That that's a step too far. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what they they wanted to go for. I know, but it's Dylan Baker, so you're just naturally like I don't trust him. <laughs> he only has one hand, though, so yeah, that, that's, that's half as many kids as he can touch. Happiness is one of those movies that I was like, wait, do I want to be like a movie person? Because maybe I should just never watch movies again. <laughs> uh, that's a very fair response to that. Like maybe I don't like movies, or I should just watch movies that are about like dinosaurs. Because maybe this is not for me. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, and Dylan Baker showed up an episode of Strangers of Candy. I think he's a priest, and it made like, like mm-hmm. oh no, but he's just like a wacky, <laughs> like a wacky Strangers of Character Candy. <laughs> he's on a, I think it's an SVU, and you're just like, you're the killer, you're the killer, Dylan Baker. Well, you're of the course. killer. Why are we bothering with any of the rest of this? Stop talking to those other people. It's Dylan Baker. Uh, who am I thinking of? There's another like, uh, I can't remember what I'm trying to think of. Uh, so, uh, uh Ben, you you said you've seen this before. How did you hear about this? I think I saw it on the IFC channel or something like that, and yeah, I liked it. I I don't know that I'd seen Amelie by that point. But, you know, I was won over by this uh, terrific young French lady and didn't think she did anything wrong. Uh, I think she can get away with anything, up to and including murder. Okay. So, 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 so all you need is, like, a pixie cut and, like, anime eyes and you're sold? Yeah, yeah, I can look past other things. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. It's like the end of Some Like It Hot. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> exactly, it's exactly <laughs> like it. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Lemon was like, by the way, I killed a lady. I ran a woman over with my moped. I'm a man. <laughs> and I killed a lady. That's just how I remember it. I don't... Do you, do you think you could... Kill a person with a moped. Like I know that's not what happened here, but like if you ran into hmm. somebody, I just don't feel like there's the horsepower necessary. I mean, you'd probably like uh, not maim, but you could like maybe break a bone. And I mean, if you hit your head right, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, people well, die from falls that are very small. And we've seen all of us have seen million, million Dollar Baby. It doesn't take much, right? Oh. Uh... What what if this was like a slasher movie and like every time Audrey Tauto killed somebody she did it like using an object that embodies Frenchness so like in one point she like kills someone with a moped and the other one she's like stabbing them with a baguette like through the head with a baguette yeah she should be we, we she should have been Michael Myers like I said yeah like, yeah have, have a little Michael that's a, Myers that's a crunchy baguette yeah bludgeon somebody with a really hard cheese I think that happened on an episode of Emily in Paris. <laughs> Isn't it uh, Emily in Paris? I refuse. Okay. Yeah. How dare you, sir? I refuse. Well, I, I can have... speak some French. I not, not a whole lot. So, so there. I I'll can't. probably never watch it. I have very limited time to watch things right at, right now, so I'll probably never see it. 
Uh, yeah, I just think this movie's great. That's it, man. What, what do I could... think of the music? Like, I felt like the music was very essential to presenting it as a romantic comedy. In mm-hmm. Even though she wasn't, because, you know, the direct interaction between her and the male the love interest isn't there. The music is there to sort of infuse everything with a sense of romance anyway. Yeah, like, I would agree. Like, right, like, it, it feels like maybe not a parody, but it's making fun of like Amelie and like, like twee sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And being like, you know, like starting like, uh, you know, like for me being like, oh, this is just like a kind of another uh, like foreign romantic movie, movie movie like this. And it's like, oh, no, it isn't. It's just playing with the, with the tropes and like ex- expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it switches over to the second half of the movie and they're still doing the little like cute music like oh still this fun theme song this is gonna be fun who knows what's gonna happen yeah maybe they'll still end up together they still got a shot you know she was going to try to kill herself but it got reversed so i do like how he was able to just like run over there in his jeans and t-shirt and be like i'm a doctor i'm gonna give her cpr like right now and everyone's just like okay cool yeah and that cpr is correct because uh, I, I am CPR, well, I was CPR certified. I have to get that redone. But I know the correct way to do it. And so much in TV and movies, people bend their arms and it drives me insane. And he was doing it the correct way. Oh. And like, yeah, you're supposed to keep your arms straight and, mm-hmm. you're, and you're supposed to leave a bruise because that's how you know you actually like yeah. made in a scene that's finally seen in a movie like oh they actually paid enough attention to get that detail right it's, it's so refreshing they had someone they had someone on set who was like no nope, what are you doing knock it off yeah. they have intimacy coordinators they need a cpr coordinator to be like nope mm-mm. what are you doing it's a very simple this, this is a simple very simple thing to mess up that's how I feel when people uh, wear lots of gloves in library and archive scenes <coughs> in movies, because you don't actually wear gloves that much. Oh. It's actually not great to wear gloves that much. No. It's harder to grasp things, so you're probably going to rip stuff. It's either that or it's like Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is looking at archives and like smoking and eating. It's like, no, happy medium. Gandalf, no. So, as someone who knows about libraries, how yeah. often do teenagers utilize the microfiche to investigate ancient murders? Not as much as you might think, but I don't mm. work in a public library, so I don't oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe they're doing that at the public library. Hmm. Um, so that might be those rascally kids might be getting up to it there. Right. How many references to the so-called bye-bye man are burrowed away in your older texts? I would not know because I do not think it and I do not say it. Oh, okay. All right. No. <coughs> Although if Judd Jones came over, that would be really cool. I think we could have a good time. Yeah. yeah. He seems really nice. Yeah. Uh, he is your type. He is tall. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> That's all. That's all I need. That oh my unfair. god, bye bye man, you're so funny. <laughs> like, oh. Oh. Um, is there a Mrs. Bye bye man? No, it's like, is there a Mrs. Abe Sapien? Yeah. 
there is a Mrs. Monster from the Shape of Water, so. Dang it. <laughs> she got in there. Yeah, well. Sally Hawkins. <laughs> you can still send him, like, a fish heart with an arrow through it. And <laughs> like, ah! It's Sally Hawkins with your jet ski. <laughs> no! She's so sweet. Oh no, she's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Hawkins, what were you up to? We know what you were up to, ma'am. Yeah. The best part of that entire movie is when she just goes to work the next day and it's basically like, fuck, fuck the fish guy. Yeah. Just, just wanted to let you know. Yep, got some feels from Neil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's probably a book on Kindle Universe right now. It has to be. Uh, or Chuck Tingle, that's the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I remember when I saw Chape Water in the theater uh, during, I think the, th- I think during the first sex scene, people I heard people like, "Oh, I didn't know it was gonna be this." <laughs> it's such a wonderful movie, but I I know <laughs> there are people who would walk away from it just being like, but "He was a fish." It's like there's an entire cottage industry of monster uh, banging books, so don't even worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, uh, oh, the, the director of this movie, what's her name? Fuck, it's that dumb French combined style thing. Letitia, it's Letitia something. Yeah. Uh, I I should have looked up beforehand, but I had stuff to take care of, but, uh, yeah, have you seen anything else she has acted in or directed? No, I don't believe so. I don't know if she actually directed anything else. Because this feel, you know, I did look up and like there wasn't much out, not much after this. Hmm. I know she wrote a book. I saw that when I was looking looking her up. No, no. Uh, so uh, don't well maybe we talked about it in the eyes without a face episode, but then what's your history with like French movies? Have you seen a lot of them? Like, do you like them in general? Like, what's your what's your deal? Yeah, I've seen some French New Wave, some French Extremity, uh, you know, more major stuff. I'm a big fan of Martyrs. Can't get enough of Martyrs. Got some movie and I'm... Inside. Yeah, Inside is great. Oh. Mars, I'm kind of scared to rewatch because I loved it intensely when I was like 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. And it's been over a decade since I've seen it. It's just one of those things where I, there are a couple of movies I used to intensely love that I have rewatched. Now I'm like, I'm a different person now. I don't really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really into it anymore. Oh, for sure. I get I that way halfway it. through uh, TV shows sometimes. Like, I'll start watching something, especially if I'm, like, kind of binge-watching something, and then, like, halfway through, I'll be like, I don't actually want to watch this anymore. I've changed <laughs> overnight. I I love French movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I don't really know enough about them to say that I like them different than I would say I liked any other foreign language film. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've tried to get a lot better about just watching movies 
like if it's it's in another language it's set in another country like okay fine like we're just gonna like watch this movie um but i mean i i love eyes without a face uh i love brotherhood of the wolf i enjoyed climax that's very french yeah i got with the french flag yeah if you want to talk about movies where you're just like oh well i watched that yeah, I started Climax and then I was Gaspard, like... Gaspard, no way! I, I don't know if I have time for this today. <laughs> when it opens with a like 15-minute dance sequence, you weren't that like... Was, that was awesome. And then yeah. uh, then they started like talking and stuff. I was like, I want more dancing. I, I'm not... You're, <laughs> I'm not, not going to get more dancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get mm-hmm. other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. lots of other stuff. Yeah, I'm fine. I I lost rewatch the intro again. That's I've watched that several times because I really enjoy that dance sequence. But the whole movie itself, it's just like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, um, do you guys remember like the first French movie, uh, or foreign film you guys ever saw? If you can even remember. I mean, if we're going to count just movies from other countries, I'm sure it was something growing up, you know, some like classic Hollywood, like English film, like, you know, The Uninvited or, you know, something like that. Um, Foreign language itself. I think I really started watching in college just for lack of exposure previously. Um... The first one that's coming to mind, although I'm sure it's not the first one I saw, was um, A Tale of Two Sisters, uh, which is a a South Korean horror movie. I feel like that's the first one that's sticking where I was really like, I'm going to watch this movie. It is a foreign Mm. film, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's very scary. There was a while where Asian horror was really big in the United States. Um, There was that dvd label like asia tartan extreme and uh tale of two sisters was issued by them along with stuff like pulse mm-hmm. and the ringu movies and so and forth. i feel like i saw it because it wasn't one of those mm-hmm. because i feel like it was one of those where i was trying to be like well everyone i know has seen mm-hmm. ringu so i'm gonna watch this movie that's from south korea mm-hmm. um i still have my uh uh Old boy, Lady Vengeance, Mister Vengeance from Tartan. Cool. And there were a couple more. There was a what country was it? Thailand. I, I think there's a Thai movie called The Victim. They put out that was mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. From my memory, that I have I haven't w- watched it again in like over a decade. So maybe it's not good. But I'm not really liking it. But yeah, Tartan had a. They're not around anymore. And their stuff uh, is probably crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they like printed enough stuff. There's, there is a lot that you could still get for relatively cheap. Um, like, I got some on eBay recently. It wasn't that expensive. Okay. Uh, and there are a lot of things on there that, you know, haven't been reissued on Blu-ray or anything like that. So that might be the only yeah. way to get it. <laughs> like, for a while, um, that was the only way to see Tetsuo the Iron Man. But that's recently <laughs> been reissued by Arrow. Love Tetsuo, right? Oh, a little a drill penis movie. action. 
frills and drills and chills. <laughs> it's only one hour and it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's, okay. a movie, that's a movie you start and it's like, you know, immediately if you want to turn it off. Yeah. I think well, you're one of those people. Yeah. But I've seen it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, like, that's here, how I felt but... like the first time I saw Old Boy. It was just like, oh, great. No, that's the first foreign film I ever saw. I was oh. 14, 15. You were like, movies from other countries are doing yeah. stuff. Yeah, Choices. It, yeah, it didn't really impact me as much as it should have until I watched it like a couple years later. Like, wait a second, that's incest. I wasn't paying much attention before. That's the whole twist. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, four- I was 14. I know. You were? Oh, wow. You were 14. When Incest is both of the twists of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched Old Boy with um, my college roommates, and one of them, like, got up before the twist. He was like, okay, I, I see where this is going. I got the gist. And he just, like, left the room. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, and then, like, afterwards, like, we were talking about the movie, and said, like, yeah, wasn't it crazy? And then it turned out to be a dog. He's like, what? (laughs) Oh, God, I I guess I should have stayed for that remaining two minutes. Yeah, really, man. Like, that's that's the moment. But, like, in in his mind, it was just a movie about, like, a guy who successfully gets revenge and then (laughs) moves on with his life. (laughs) Well, he got what he was looking for. For It's just going to be the credits from here with the remake is that that reveal mm. sequence that sex scene mm. is going on way too much in the background mm-hmm. like they're just like watch this entire video we made of you and your daughter and we're just gonna uh-huh. make the audience watch it again too it's just like no <laughs> thank you it's Spike Lee he's like you know a, a naked lady I gotta really show it off it's I want to see it he likes it like that I, I yeah it's it's not the worst spike in like sex and women. It, it there's so many there are a, a couple examples that are much worse. It's just for it for it what the scene is representing in old boy for it to be so provocatively like here's this sex scene again, but now you know he's banging his daughter. It's like we're not supposed to be as like I don't know. We're supposed to be as horrified as the character realizing this, but like I think we could you know cut this a little. Just a little. Yeah. Like, I have to look at Josh Brolin's scream for a really long time. Yeah, my issue with the remake is that we all did a whole episode on it. It takes a crazy movie and just makes it um, kind of dull. And it goes from being, like, wild and dramatic into being, uh, like, it's fine. They were making He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. Like, who would you cast in the Andrew Chicho row? Oh, I don't know. Patty Harrison. Patty Harrison. Patty Harrison. But she would give it a different vibe. Like, I feel like she would sell the unhinged nature of the character a little more. But, you know what? You're remaking something. You can go for a different tone. You can uh, attack it from a different angle. I just picture her just yelling at like the millionaire. <laughs> now I can't stop having wine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
showed that to someone and they were like, this isn't funny. And I was like, I don't know if I can ever speak to you again. Yeah, she got sewed into the Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, this now, funny. And it goes away until I die. (laughs) (laughs) The inside of my mouth is purple. Uh, but I was uh, for some reason I was thinking Aubrey Plaza as like a different take on the type of character. Yeah, because yeah, she was doing She's... a very similar thing in Ingrid Goes West. Totally, yeah. So I can I can definitely see it because she pulled that off really well. It's another Elizabeth Olsen. She's everywhere, Lizzie. Yeah. <coughs> All right, so uh, I forget. Okay, uh, I'm fairly tired and yeah. to sleep. <laughs> so and, uh, Let's start with ratings. How many baguettes would you give this movie? Five. Five baguettes. Five baguettes out of five. So many baguettes. Mwah. Mwah. Yeah. Baguettes. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, the cat was here. Um, I'd say like <laughs> uh, four. Because you ate one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 2002. What a year. Yeah. What a year. I, you were both babies, I believe. I was 11. That's a good yeah. I was like 16? I was 21 years old. So you were out clubbing, drinking. Yes, actually. Listening to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. Uh, yes. Yes, very much. Still reflecting on 9-11. Uh, always. Never forget. Yeah. All right. So since, since since I'm the youngest, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I have mm-hmm. quick ones. Russian Ark. Uh, it's a one-take movie. It's kind of exhausting, but uh, I think it's worth worth a shot. Because it's kind of, it's technically amazing, but it's also kind of like, ugh, this is a, this is a whole lot's happening and then an all one take. But it's kind of uh, uh impressive feat. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Techno Lust. It's a weird sci-fi thing. I forgot what the plot was exactly, but it's Tilda Swinton and she did another movie with this director. It's another quirky, weird sci-fi thing. And it's not really talked about a whole bunch, a whole lot, but I really like Technolust and um, uh, the other one that she did with, with this director. And then, like, they do this, like, kind of low-budget, uh, high-concept, uh, weird sci-fi stuff that it's hard to explain, but it's very, very good. Uh, tell this one who plays multiple roles, doesn't she? Yes. Mm. Love, love her. Yeah, I think uh, one's a blonde wig, one's a black wig, one's uh, I think a red hair wig. That's all the ladies that you can yep. have. <laughs> that runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Blade too, because that's uh, an awesome movie. <laughs> My favorite, Del Toro. God. Okay. Bold statement. Wow. I like action movies, and that's that's All right. my favorite. Yeah. All time. right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're not watching Devil's Backbone for the action. 
All right, fair, fair. Should I go or? Yeah, okay, go I, ahead. Yeah, nothing else. Um, so my two that I chose are first is uh, frailty, which is a like psychological horror thriller film uh, from two thousand two. Uh, it was directed by Bill Paxton. And Matthew McConaughey stars as this guy who comes to a police station and says, my brother was this religious serial killer and I'm going to drive you to where I buried his body. And on the way, I will tell you the story of our upbringing by our father and his religious fanaticism and what happened there. And there's twists and stuff, so I won't say too much, but it's really good. I think it's kind of a forgotten gem. Uh, but it is on HBO Max right now, so everyone can check it out. And then for my second film of 2002, I am choosing a little uh, indie project that I like to call Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, because I love Star Wars, and I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I like Attack of the Clones. <coughs> Anakin and Padme get married. It's very romantic. Obi-Wan has a mullet. It's beautiful. Attack of the Clones. That's the Coliseum fight where um, uh, um, Allie Portman's in a crop top. Yes, that is the Battle of Geonosis. Well, I was 11 and I remember that from it. Mostly. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Ewan McGregor is like changed to a wall. I remember that. Ooh. Yeah. So those are my two. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> My first recommendation is Lucky McKee's May, which mm. I feel sort of an appropriate uh, pairing with He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, in that they're both films about adorable ladies searching for connections, hard world, and, you know, engaging with men who just don't understand them. Mm -hmm. Maybe they take it a little too far, but <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. I forgive them. So should you. Watch <laughs> May. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, one Hour Photo. That came out in 2002 as well. Mm. Robin Williams, boldly <laughs> acting against type. Also a lonely guy trying to find his way in the world, form bonds with people who, you know, just don't see things his way. Um, also, at one point, he gives a little kid a Neon Genesis Evangelion toy. Well, and apparently, like, Robin Williams brought that from home or something. He's just a fan of Evangelion, so. Uh, if you want to see uh, Robin Williams handling um, anime memorabilia, uh, developing unhealthy fixations on families that are not his own, and uh, yeah, engaging in the lost art of uh, photography development, uh, check that out, too. May and One Hour Photo. And One Hour Photo is uh, directed by Mark Romanek, who directed some of the best music videos ever made. So his work is okay. always stellar. He did Nine Inch Nails, The Perfect Drug video. Mm. Madonna's Bedtime Story. Ooh. David Bowie's Jump, They Say. He did the Scream video for Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. Ooh. The man likes to spend money on music videos, and they are all choice. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Perfect. Um, so, uh, as of this recording, the next episode is Eyes Without a Face, and what date? Oh, sure. I actually have to some have finish up work for something for a site. But for yeah, for Grumpire, I do the action movie, um, monthly, every other every other month thing. So I picked Saloon and. This movie called After Blue Dirty Paradise that came out on Vinegar, or you can buy through through Vinegar Syndrome. It's a different company released it, and yeah, so I'll have a, a Blu-ray review and review of Saloon, which is on Shutter and other places. And I have one. I, I have reviews of Indian action movies in the previous two entries of their action movie thing. And working up uh, other stuff for Grumpire as well. And just uh, go to the show's Twitter. You'll see if I'm appearing and have other podcasts and shit. Cool. And uh, I don't have anything. I have like a <laughs> handful of podcast appearances on this very show. Talking about stuff like Rand and Summer of Sam. So if you want to hear more than Sunday, then go ahead and check those episodes out. I am not a witch. It's good to know. Oh yeah, did I talk about that? Yes, you're oh, the cool. the other person I knew who's seen it. Oh cool, yeah, no, it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, it should be streaming still. It's a good, yeah, it's a good recent movie that should be talked about. Hmm. For sure. And I am everywhere. I'm all over the place. Uh, I am the co-host of the Let's Get Weirding podcast, which is about the Dune book series. We are currently, we just started our fourth season on God Emperor of Dune. It's getting great. It's getting weird. A man is a worm. Come check it out. Yeah, and uh, you're right for the spool. And I do. I write for the spool. Oh my gosh, I do so much. Uh, I'm very tired. Uh, I review movies and TV, and right now I am recapping and reviewing the current season of Andor on Disney+. And I am about to review, and it'll be out by the time this comes out, I'll have reviewed the new Hellraiser. Yay! I'm looking forward to that, too. So, I'm very excited. The work friend. Mm-hmm. And I uh, married just uh, redid the um uh hulu uh hulu um subscription so i will be able to watch it watch prey too oh my gosh prey was so good yeah, uh i watched a princess that's one of my favorite movies of the of the year by far it's the raid but she but it's a princess who doesn't want to marry a creep and it's great mm. oh sweet it's the same director as fury through the Vietnamese action movie. Okay, that's the one with the girl from the kissing booth, right? I'm with not sure. Fury came out a couple. Not years Fury, ago. no, the princess. Uh, the princess. Uh, is it? It's a Vietnamese director who directed um the princess. Okay. She's a, I think it's an action. What's the action guy? Yeah, no, that's the actress I'm thinking of. Um, Oh, uh, Joey King. Yeah. 
Oh, and the creep in, in question is Dominic Cooper. Yep, that sounds right. Poor man. <laughs> Very handsome, always a creep in movies. Or a vampire. Yeah, I always forget he's he's British because I've always seen usually see him playing Americans. Then I hear his real voice like, ew, that's not your voice. Stop. <laughs> what are you doing? Same with um Dominic West. Every time I see him in a something else that's not the wire, I'm like, ugh, no. I don't, I don't like this. Talk like McNulty. <laughs> it's a Poor terrible accent. It's a bad accent, but I need that bad accent. I don't like his real voice. Do you feel that way about Idris Elba? No. <laughs> I like when actors just never change their accents. Like I feel like there will never be a role where Henry Golding is not does not have an English accent. <laughs> And I'm fine with that. I'm not sure if he if he can uh, if he can uh, suppress it. I don't know, and I I mean you know what it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. But it was just it was just so funny and like a simple favor. It's like why are you English? <laughs> just because I didn't remember if that character was English in the book. So I was like maybe you're English in the book, and maybe they just were like we'll make you English because you're not you can't help it. He was also in Last Christmas, so I'll forgive him a lot. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. You guys will be on for next season for various things. Awesome. Happy to be here. Always. The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, sarahkathleenroberts.com. And thank you for listening.